Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Very good. Very well. Thank you. What's a good these gorgeous days? I totally, totally love them. Yeah, yeah. We have a really beautiful day here too. It's so sunny yeah. and it's getting warmer and it's so there's a whole new feeling in the air, you know? Yes, I know. And it's like I'm and just like wanting to go and plant flowers. I'm like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's so exactly. beautiful. It is, yeah. Yep, I agree. <laughs> it's like, I want to touch dirt, you know. It's not frozen anymore. So, mm. like, how are you doing? How is Yersha doing? She is doing fantastic. <laughs> yeah, she is doing just great. She's sleeping six or seven hours through the night, and if she wakes up at all to nurse a little bit, she doesn't, you know, we're sleeping together, so... um I just roll over and nurse her a little, and she goes back to sleep. And um, she's uh, she's growing beautifully, and you know, having all these little new developments, and um, it's really it's wonderful. She's smiling all the time, and <laughs> she's a, she's a really placid baby. She's just she's turned into this very placid baby, just totally oh, chill. That's so beautiful. I know. You know, this is, isn't it amazing? Because as she keeps on, you know, developing, you'll see that it's like there's more of her that comes out. More what comes out? More, more of her, more of who she is comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. I can, but sometimes it's a little bit um, muffled. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me know if you get that. Let me know, and I can, I can actually change that. Would you like me to change the headset? I could do that. No, no. The, I think the headset is fine. It's just um, sometimes it moves away from your mouth maybe. Okay. Yeah, that's possible if I just move or something. Yeah. But it's okay? Yep. It's just fine. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So did you, were you able to, um, um, to look into, did you do any tapping on your own, any of the roar that we did last time? No, I haven't been able to do anything because um, I had mastitis over the weekend. You had what over the weekend? I'm sorry? Mastitis. Do you know what mastitis oh, is? Oh, yes, I know. Yes, you got an infection. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it, it was horrible. It came on very, very quickly on Saturday, and luckily I got into the doctor um, on time. Well, before they would have had me go in, you know, I just, sort of was right. like, look, I really need to come in. It's going it's going rapidly. And, um, you know, they diagnosed me. I never got a fever or anything, but I've been on um, antibiotics. And, but the problem is that I have antibiotics-driven, um, 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 bless you, IBS. Mm-hmm. So I, the antibiotics 
cause IBS symptoms, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I had been treating it separately because I was on antibiotics for the C-section. Um, I had been dealing with it since, you know, the last 12 weeks, right. uh, 13 weeks actually. And now that I'm on antibiotics again, their symptoms are coming back and it's really annoying. So it's really hard. It's because I have this IBS because when I was living in Lima, Peru, um, I was extremely adventurous with food. And mm-hmm. I got E. coli and I got Giardia and, and I was just, then it started like a big thing of antibiotics to treat those. And then I ended right. up getting yeast infections and urinary tract infections coming as a result of that. So then I was in this big cycle of all this terrible stuff around antibiotics. And um, so it's it's necessary, but it's hard on me, you know. It's yeah. Like hard on me. Are you are you like bombarding yourself with uh, probiotics? Yeah, I'm taking a lot of probiotics, and um, I'm also taking a stool, um, like a um, fiber supplement, and oh yeah, good. Um, you know, stuff like that. And it's helping, but I need to call my doctor and see if I can get on a shorter course of antibiotics. I'm on a 10-day course. I would like to do shorter. The one thing I would like you, I would like you to look into is that there's a new, um, a new probiotic that is called pearls, just pearls like the ocean pearls. And um, what they have discovered, you can, I think you can get them on Amazon or whatnot, um, what they discovered is that these actually, instead of being the majority of the probiotics that you can get, they actually get to your, you know, your whole GI tract, and these just just open up when they get to your intestines, so they're a lot more efficient. Oh, um, okay. So yeah, so that's what we've been taking for a couple of years now, and uh, I'm not a big right. difference. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I will. That's yeah. the biggest issue with antibiotics is that your, you know, your all your healthy healthy flora and your intestines just go bonkers. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, that's it's so annoying. Yeah. I, also, but... I, I started with a naturopath that is very close to you. So if he, you know, I, I heard amazing things about him. So I'll, I'll, um, I don't know if you work with somebody like that. I'd be happy to refer, um, to refer you to him. I would love to love his name. Where does he work? Where does he live? He, I'm working with him over the phone, but he's in southern Maine, so he's much closer to you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I met him through through my coach, and, and he's, been, he's been great. I've gotten, yeah. He's been referred by several sources, and I, you know, over the, the last two years, and then I said, you know what? It's time. I need to have a consultation with him and see what he has to say. Yeah. I would love his name. I would love his okay. name. Great. So I will do that. I will send it yeah. on a text or an email. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, so I've been uh, really distracted, and I can't even really remember what we worked on last other than that, that sort of moment of being in the future and remembering back to when I thought that maybe I wouldn't meet my partner. So what we worked on was actually on releasing um, any of the concerns that is going to happen. Because there was a part of you that was, you know, getting frustrated. And um, so we, we, what we worked on last week, we did the ROAR, which is a ranting, creating option, affirmations, and uh, remembering, 
yeah. to, to re, like, almost like reframe the whole process. Uh, and at yeah. the end, you were, you know, you were in a very different place of recognizing that this time with Kiersha is so precious that you're really grateful that it's not, um, that, you know, that he's not here yet. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah, and that I'm feeling more relaxed about um, the timing and just trusting. Like, I'm feeling more trusting. I think that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. relaxed into divine timing, and it'll happen in due course. Exactly. So is that, is that in a much greater place? Is that something that needs to be, we need to look at at all or not? You're saying that that's in No, a- I, feel, I feel really, I feel pretty comfortable with that. I feel comfortable with it now. That's awesome. I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah, me too. And then I can, I can I tell you what's going to happen because this is exactly, I was talking with a friend and the same thing happened to her that we both got to a place where we're like, you know what, we're, just, we're good, we're good. Whatever the time is, it's great. And then they both showed up so quickly. We were like, wait, we were actually enjoying these, you know, being in a sentence and fine and they just swapped. <laughs> they came, so. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it happened to both of us. We were chatting about that. So, how are you doing? What would you like? What is the intention for our meeting today? Um, you know, I don't know. I um, I was, I had some thoughts on Friday about it, and then I've been just totally thrown off by this weekend. And maybe, you know, um, huh? Maybe what we could work on is um. You know, the I think since I think I still have some remnants of PTSD from the birth. And so like when the this mastitis happened over the weekend on Saturday, I got really upset and really anxious. And it was really scary. Um because it comes on really fast and it's quite painful and Yeah. And I just sort of fell I kinda of went into a mini panic and then my blood pressure went to one forty over ninety, which Never, oh. ever, ever used to happen before the preeclampsia. Now, the preeclampsia sort of stretched my blood. It's like the preeclampsia introduced the possibility of high blood pressure to my system, and now my system can go there more. Now na- it seems to be going there more naturally every t- sometimes. Huh. so it's more so, like your your yeah. It's almost like your your nervous system learned a path, and now it's like oh, I guess we could go here instead of before. Yeah. It just didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been down to 120 over 80 or 110 over 70 since the preeclampsia, but like on Saturday, I was 140 over 90, which is really scary to me. You know, like. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. That's my hypothesis about that path that you just you just suggested, but um, I don't know. I need to see a doctor. Maybe I need to talk to your naturopath about it too. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, because one, one of the pieces that I'm actually doing right now is a saliva test to check my adrenal because sometimes, you know, I'm also like um, perimenopausal and the whole thing, but sometimes stress, what it can do, it can really drain your adrenal. And yeah. um, that has a big effect on everything. I mean, he was telling me about, yeah, you know, blood pressure, cholesterol, sleep, you name it, right? Everything. So... Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be really good to look into. But I'm, I'm also, what I'm hearing is that even though you're doing really wonderful, there is a sense that your body 
can get has has also been a little almost like getting into these stress response of like you know you name it a little bit of the PTSD where something happens that all of a sudden it's like oh you know like fear and then it goes into this place of um, big you know big uh, big new nervous system response. Yeah, and I got really nervous um, and you know very upset like it it. It just and I, I immediately go to feeling very vulnerable, like, oh my God. I just feel my mortality, you know, I feel like, wow, and I have to be strong for this baby and um and healthy for this baby and live long for this baby. Yeah. Um and, you know, stuff like over the weekend, you know, and I also I think part of the reason I ended up, I spoke to a lactation consultant, and part of the reason I ended up with the um, mastitis is that I have an oversupply of milk, um, which comes out of fear, I think, of not being able to produce enough for her and not having enough. So it comes Mm -hmm. out of a little bit of scarcity. I kind of like went into overdrive and really pushed myself. And part Mm -hmm. of it, I hold hold my doula a little bit responsibly because she's like, you should... She said, you know, she wanted me to store 360 ounces of frozen milk before I go back to work. Yeah. Which is, I, I, I knew that. We talked about these, so we need to release yeah. these because I think that it's really, it's putting a stressor and a pressure on you that your system does not need at all. Absolutely. And I already have 110, and the lactation consultant is like, that's already too much, and that's an oversupply. Like, I'm making more than she needs, and... I do need to tap on this, or like, and part of the reason is also that um, there was a woman, a lactation consultant at the Beth Israel uh, during the birth, who said, "You know, you're 47. We don't know if you're going to be able to make enough milk." Mm-hmm. She was. I had many LCs that, she, you know, not a, not only one of them said that, but it, you know, concerned me. Yeah. Um, and so part of me is, like, trying really, really hard, like, working really hard at it as opposed to trusting my body yeah. that it's going to do the right thing and the right thing is going to happen. Yes. Okay. This is huge because what happens, and you're already feeling it. Tell me, is it it's more, it's like a sense of fear in your body that somehow yes. you're not going to be able to provide for her. Yeah. 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 So let's just, um, if you, if you, Tell me what what is the num what number do you have? How intense is this? The general fear, um, the general fear. No fear that you're not going to be able to have enough for her because connected with the scarcity, connected with your body not being healthy enough to provide for her to be, you know, to be uh, taking care of her. Something could happen to you. So I think it's yeah. a fear, but it's about. Being able to take care of her in the best possible way that you want. So um, I feel very confident in my milk supply now. So it's a zero. I don't have any fear there anymore. Um, But I do have fear. I'd say it's a six or a seven around sort of, you know, this high blood pressure and the... the, um, residual vulnerability coming out of the preeclampsia and the birth. Yeah, okay. And it gets stimulated, right? It gets triggered and then it goes up really high. So over the weekend it was at a 10, but now I'm sort of back down to a 6 or a 7, if that makes any sense. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Okay. 
And can you tap to the point? Is she nursing or she's resting? Yeah, nope, I'm, I'm tapping to the points already. It's cool. She's oh, sitting here next to me, so. All right, okay. So I'm, sometimes I get really concerned that I'm not going to be able to provide for her. Sometimes I get really concerned that I'm not going to be able to provide for her. That my body is going to a vulnerable place. That my body is going to a vulnerable place. And I may be at risk at some. I may be at risk. Yeah, my life could be at risk, I guess. Yeah, and I may be at risk. My life may be at risk at some point. And I feel so responsible for this baby. And I feel so responsible for this baby. That I get extremely scared. That I get extremely scared. For my life. For my life. And not so much for me, but for her. Not so much for me, but for her. And that that actually stimulates a reaction in my nervous system. And that actually stimulates a reaction in my nervous system. Where I just can get into a really intense stress response. Where I can just get into a really intense stress response. It's almost like the whole vulnerability and fear of the birth comes up. The whole vulnerability and fear from my birth comes up. And it's really intense. And it's really intense. Like a PTSD, it's like PTSD in my nervous system. It's like PTSD in my nervous system. My nervous system just wanting to, re, like wanting to take care of myself and her in such a strong way. My nervous system is wanting to take care of her and myself in such a strong way that it's overreacting. That it's overreacting. And that actually has a role not only in high blood pressure. That actually has a role not only in high blood pressure. But in my immune system. But my immune system as well. Yeah, because it affects, and it, you know, you know these, because one of the things that happens is that when you go into this intense, you know, life or death response, even though it may be, you know, of course, completely unreal, it's still like, all the energy goes into fight or flight and there's not enough like reservoir to deal with you know any possible infection or or you know like some um you know a UPS or any you know any kind of other what am I wanting like you have like vaginal you know itchiness what do you call that my coughs or stuff like that. You yeah, you know what I'm uh, talking about. Pardon? You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, your body goes into like you know major defensive place. It's like it, it's like you know an infection is like second, third. We have to survive, and then everything else comes after that. But it's depleting your energy from taking care of basic basic harmony and balance of everything in your body. So your body can, in a, you know, in normal life, protect itself like, against the different things that come up. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you were to connect with that part of you that gets so scared. Yeah, I'm right there. <laughs> good, okay. Yeah. What do, you, what do you notice? How old she is? Is this a birth or is it another? Another time. 
Well, there, there are, yeah. yeah, there are multi- multiple touch points here because um, I have had, generally I feel very strong, but there have been a few experiences in my life where I have suddenly come into close contact with my mortality. So it's like almost all of those are coming up at the same time. So the first one was when I was, um, right after I visited Lima, I was living in Lima for a year and working, and I loved it. And um, about a year later, or maybe six months later, I went back to visit some friends. And while I was there, there was a terrorist bombing um, Mm. in Lima right near um, the American embassy. And about three days before, it was in a bank in a mall, and about three days before, uh-huh. I had been in that exact bank in that exact mall. So there was and three bombings. What? There were a total of three bombings, and you were you were at one of the locations three days prior. Right, I was um, I was at one of the lo- at, at exactly the bank where one of the bombings was, and everyone yeah. in the bank was killed. Um, and um, I had had already left before it happened, but I found out about it, and it it really it really rocked me. Yeah. Um, because it was random that it happened three days after I was there, rather than the day that I was there. Yeah. It could have been me, you know. It could have been me. I I mean, I I was really rattled. Um, and then. You know, getting all of the um, the antibiotic stuff with, you know, just my body not working right with um, um, getting the yeast infections and the urinary tract infections over and over again, and and then and then this preeclampsia. Like I've never, I've always had really been in so, such great shape that I've had really good blood pressure, and now. I don't know. That experience really rattled me. It just it just shook me to the core. And yeah. um, are you I referring think, to the preeclampsia or also the the type in Lima? Can you say that last thing? The preeclampsia. Yeah, or else you said you said you that that experience really rattled you. And I don't know if you refer to the preeclampsia or that event in Lima or both. Well, what I'm saying is that each one of them rattled me. You know, yeah. and so all three of them have contributed to this feeling, but the preeclampsia is the most recent one. Right. Um, where it's bringing me, my body to a place that it's never been before. I've always had very low br- blood pressure, and suddenly I'm someone who has to con- be concerned about high blood pressure. Although, you know, I've also had migraines, but migraines aren't life-threatening, you know? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, so I've not felt, yeah, it's really... And, um, you know, the realization that medicine sometimes cannot resolve all things, you know, like it just, Western medicine put me into that, you know, the antibiotics with, you know, that's all that, that phase. And now, now I have IBS as, you know, or some, I have issues now as a result. So, you know, the, I had been given this pretty perfect body and then now it's like, (laughs) It's feeling quite vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, and let's, let's just tap. Let's just tap and notice 
what is what also comes up underneath because there is the fear of death, right? Which yeah. Is, which is normal, but I think that right now it's I don't know if it's death that you're scared of or the repercussions in fear should that may when this happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I don't know if here I'm putting my two cents because I did feel like, you know, I'm not, I don't want to die, you know, right? We're very clear we don't want to die. Life is wonderful. But dying itself is not as scary to me as what it would be for my daughter. I yeah, I think that's... You know what I mean? It's like I don't want to, I would never want to do something like that to her because I know that it would be so just devastating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. So take a deep breath. And what is what is the story that you make in your what is the story you tell yourself? Like there's something. I think that that's what under is underneath all this is like feeling that for so long you counted on your body to be solid and strong and grounded and you could count on your body. And now yeah. your body yeah. your body's still strong and it's a wonderful wonderful place to be, and it, it seems to have a, little, a couple of weak spots or a couple of, there is this, there has been an opening. I think that it's yeah. almost, it's like, you know, remember we were talking, this is, oh my God, it's just, okay, we were talking two or three sessions ago about you wanting to keep that window, that door open with the spiritual side of things. Yes, yeah. Oh, my God, it gave me goosebumps because that same door, Dad, is the door that actually gets us in touch with the fact that we're souls and that our bodies are kind of temporary places to be. Yeah. So that door open to spirituality also makes us more aware that death is part of life in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like that's wow. really interesting. I hadn't made that connection before. Me either. I just it just happened. So of course that being in touch with a much more this is what's happening, I see. <laughs> goes goes you know, the brain just goes to the side and things come through. So oh, this is a really powerful powerful recognition, it seems to me, of like, yeah, that these bodies are in a way temporary, and that's a fact of life. It is. It's a total fact. And that, and yet, you know, you still, we're, we're both tapping to the point, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, I've stopped on my, on my heart right now. Okay, good. Just, for, just tapping on my heart. Good. And what are you noticing? Is it this insight, this aha moment? Is it bringing more fear or a sense of more like openness? What What do you notice? What it, what is it? Can you re, can you say the question again? Of course, it says that as I'm talking about this realization, right? This like awareness that as you have asked, 
universe and divine powers to be more connected with the spiritual realm. You're also recognizing that part of the spiritual universe is the fact that your soul, that you're embodying this body and that death is part of life. So it's almost like this body is transient, it's not permanent and therefore vulnerable. So it also brings up the, the, also the recognition that we are attached to our bodies, that we are attached to this experience. And as, as a spiritual being, as a soul, you still recognize what I'm getting the sense is like the responsibility of the contract that you have signed at a soul level with this baby. Right. And how that has such a uh, a beautiful and at the same time, um, at times almost like a heavy, a heavy responsibility of like, you know, I, I want to trust that everything is in divine order and I also want to let myself know that it doesn't need to freak out, right? It doesn't need to go into this place of fear that is not really conducive to being present and um, and taking care of yourself in a way that then you can really provide for Sirsha and be here for Sirsha. Yeah, maybe it's just overwhelmed me, you know, this yeah. the, the whole the whole experience and the spiritual awakening and yeah. um, that I'm in the world I feel fundamentally different in the world and less safe. Remember how I had that yeah. period of feeling really unsafe and, and vulnerable in the world out with her. Um, and I maybe I guess my my human brain and human emotion system doesn't quite know how to deal with it yet. You know, it's just it's sort of yeah. like a, well, sort of freaking also, out a little. Go ahead. So, sorry, say that again? It's sort of freaking me out a little, you know? Yes. I think that what is happening is that it's triggering, it's so accurate, exactly what you said when you started, it's triggering that PTSD because what happens is that the level of incredible openness that you have in a spiritual way, it's, it's actually the body has no idea. This is, this is just your, your heart and your soul. So your body is responding to the overwhelm of that that information with fear because it's like shoot if she she you know this means that she cannot she may not be here you know what I mean it's like the spark crosses the mind and the body reacts at needing to preserve and be and stay alive does that make sense absolutely so absolutely we, yeah. So this is about, okay, so we need to learn. I want you to just for a moment allow your mind to paint you the picture of what your heart and soul look like. And notice that next to it, it's connected. It's part of the, the whole, but it's actually also separate. The part that it has to do with the manifesting of that soul, so that you know, in the physical, so the body, and, and what, what is the image that that body has? Does it look like you? Is it a younger version of you? It's my or current it's, version. It's my 47-year-old version. Okay. So it's 47-year-old, which makes sense because it's, 
He's the, the 47-year-old that has gone through all of those experiences, right? Yeah. Ah. So as we do this slight, gentle split, I want us to tap to the point that almost if your soul and your heart were to talk to the body of this 47-year-old that is in freak-out mode, and it's like, oh, shoot, this is, this is not going to, this, this shell is not going to last forever, right? And, and they would say, don't worry, just relax. Don't worry yeah, what they're saying. Exactly. Just yeah. relax, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. There's actually no imminent threat. And even if there were some unexpected thing, it's totally okay. It's all in divine order. Yes. Exactly. You can truly trust me. And what is the 47-year-old body wanting to know? Because I, I can see it being like, yeah, right. That, that's very nice of you to say. I don't fully buy it. (laughs) The body is in a panic state. You know, it's sort of, um, and it's it's saying, I don't know how to trust at that level. I don't know how to deal with that information. You know, I'm so used to sort of just surviving in the world in a very material way, like a very superficial way that has to do with, you know, eating food and having shelter and (laughs) a very, yeah. Very basic. This is like, yeah, this is, and it's also, you know what, this is all first chakra, like feeling safe. Feeling safe is like so huge. Okay. So let's just, um, let's just stop and really allow this body to have his, you know, just all these fears. So I would like to be able to trust. I would, <coughs> I would like to be able to trust. But the truth is, I don't know how to to integrate all that information. But the truth is, I don't know how to integrate all that information. It's, it's too too much for me. It's too much for me. The reality is that I just feel that there may be a threat. The, re- <coughs> the reality is I just feel there... <coughs> Hold on one sec. Yeah, that's it. <coughs> Inhaled something. Yes, yes. Something's up. Like, if you can, put your arms up towards the sky. Straight <coughs> up. Hmm. Okay. The last statement you said is the reality is. Well, I'm I'm curious what is going on in your throat. Is there was something that you wanted to say right now? Yeah. How would that be? That's kind of choked up. Tears. Mm. Okay. Fear, fears of 
No, a tears with a T, tears. Oh, tears, yes. Okay. Tears, yeah, and... Lift up and breathe. Talk and breathe. It's okay. You know, this makes so much sense, Deb, because what happens is that when we go to fear and when we're scared, the body is just really needing to protect and gets tight and gets fear is just shrinking. The moment that the body starts releasing, tears come up. It's a part of this part of our release. I mean, she's beginning to love me so much, and I would just hate to break her heart, you know, if I died. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I scare myself thinking that I might die. I scare right? myself thinking that I might die. And it just totally takes me into a panic. And it totally takes me into a panic. Because this baby is so precious to me. Because this baby is so precious to me. And I'm so happy that she's here. And I'm so happy that she's here. And I want to do everything that I can to take care of her. And I want to do everything I can to take care of her. To love her and protect her. And love her and protect her. And accompany her as she grows. And accompany her as she grows. I'm so committed to that. I'm so committed to that. And I just kind of came to the realization that my body is vulnerable. And I came to the realization that my body is vulnerable. And something could happen. And something could happen. And yet, I am now also in touch with divine order. And yet, I'm now also in touch with divine order. And I would love to relax and trust. And I would love to relax and trust. Knowing that if the universe invited Sirsha into my life. Knowing that if the universe invited Sirsha into my life, it is not for me to just leave her. It's not for me to just leave her. I am here with her. I am here with her. And I am here and you know, until she gets to be my age and beyond. <laughs> I'm here until she gets to be my age and beyond. I also realize that it's really outside my power. I also realize it's really outside my power. And I now invite my body to relax and trust. I now invite my body to relax and trust. Releasing the fear. Releasing the fear. Understanding and honoring. And responding and honoring. To the concern that it has. To the concern that it has. My body really wants to be here and present. My body really wants to be here and present. And I am 
fully supporting my body to be healthy. I want to say one other thing here, which is my body wants to return to its natural state of health and strength. Yeah. Which it had before the pregnancy. That's true. You were in an awesome place. You're right. Yeah. I was um I was really healthy, I was eating well, I was fit, I was limber. I found the right lifestyle that suits my body. And the pregnancy took me a little away from that, the the, the preeclampsia and the um and the the antibiotics of the C-section took me away from that. And I'm, it's like I'm inhabiting this altered body. And tell it me, feels, what, what would solve this body? What do you know from everything that you did and you were doing before the pregnancy? What, what could you start doing that would support your body to go back to that place? Hmm. Right, and gentle, starting gentle, knowing... That your life is not the same, right? Your schedule's not the same. There are other things. I think it has to do with the foods that I'm eating. Mm. Um, and I'm eating very healthfully, but it my my it's like I'm eating all these carbs, which I thought I had to do for the breastfeeding because mm-hmm. um, I need more calories and. Um, And so, like, before the pregnancy, I was eating a lot of fruits and vegetables and nuts and um, and protein and not so many carbs. And I, I'm still gluten-free now. Like, I'm not eating gluten, but um, I am eating, like, oatmeal and... Um, and gluten-free bread and gluten-free cereals and um, a little bit, like I'm not eating much fruit. I'm not eating um, as many vegetables as I need to. It's sort of like in order to cram in all the calories I need, it's like I'm Mm -hmm. doing that. And it feels, and I'm afraid that if I go back to the, to the, it's sort of a primal diet, not paleo, but primal. And if I, I'm afraid if I go back, I might threaten my um, milk supply, and I've actually read that. <laughs> that and if you go into a, <clears throat> if you go into more protein diet, it would affect your milk, or more fruits and veggies. You know what? I definitely need more protein. I need yeah. more protein. Yeah. Because protein is the one. I think what I would recommend is that. Would you commit to your body? Because maybe this is also a shout from your body saying, you know, I remember being in a healthier place and I need, I really want to go back. How can you help me? And my recommendation would be that you do something gentle, very gentle. So maybe have, have a fruit uh, instead of having a piece of bread or, you know, have a fruit and some, uh, some nuts. Or food with you know almond butter, apple and almond butter are such a fabulous snack. I don't know if you do that. Yeah, yeah, that's really really yummy. And it's, I don't know if you eat cheese, but apple and cheese or pears and cheese is super yummy too. I'm dairy free, so I don't I don't eat dairy, but I okay. um, yeah. 
But I, I think I need more meat. I need more chicken. I need more. I need more chicken and more vegetables. And my doula is a vegan, and so when she cooks for me, she she generally cooks, um, mm. you know, carbs and and vegetables. Wow. Um, and and that has been what I've been doing. But I think I definitely need more. Chicken. Yeah. And I eat eggs every day. You know, I eat about three eggs every day, which is great. Right, right. And nuts and seeds. I eat a lot of seeds. Okay, how about avocados? Yes, I eat avocados as well. Right. Okay, so you're doing good, but it sounds like you need some more, uh, again, some more meat. The other thing is that having meat, uh, either chicken or even some, you know, once a week having red meat or something, I don't know if you like it or you do, it also will help with your iron. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I don't know how your um, view were at all anemic or not, but um, yeah. So it sounds like. So what would what would you like to be the plan to very gently get into a healthier place? Because it sounds like you're walking quite a bit. Is that true? I know you're not doing so much strenuous exercise, but you're walking a lot. Is that? Is that right? Yeah, I'm walking about an hour a day, and sometimes I I, I walk hills. I have these steep hills uh-huh. in my neighborhood, and I spend half of half of that sometimes walking up and down the hills. So it's like really cardio. And my bike is coming back this week from the shop, and I've also been working on I've been doing exercises, sort of postnatal, post C-section exercises for my core strength. Um, with, with a trainer, so I've been doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think I'm doing pretty well. It, it's just yeah. uh, I need more protein, and now that the weather's turning, you know, I can definitely do some more cycling. Um, and I think I need more vegetables. I need more. I need more greens. I have kale just about every day, but I could probably have more. And I used to eat a lot of broccoli, um, but I'm concerned about eating broccoli because I hear that it gives the babies gas. Oh. And the breast milk. Yeah, that, 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 that is true. I would stay away from it for just, but, you know, if you do kale, do chard, do um, whatever. Spinach, yeah. You know what you can do that is actually high in carbs and it's also very good is do carrots. How about root vegetables? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, sweet potatoes are great if you want something that is more carb. Sweet potatoes are really good, much better than gluten-free bread, I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 that's a good idea. My doula makes these amazing muffins with carrots and sweet potatoes and almond flour um, and walnuts. They're so good. Maybe I'll ask her to make some of those again. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, it sounds like exercise you're covered. So it's about getting more protein in your body would really, and it would also give you more energy. Yeah. But, you know, carbs is a faster faster source of energy, but protein is a more long, you know, long-lasting. So that, that would be really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need more. Yeah. Yeah, ah, so yeah it, it's just, it's just so different being in the world. Like I was driving to the doctors yesterday and they were having, um, there was a Red Sox game and you, I saw these people out and 
and then today is the marathon, and I was invited to a party, and it's mm-hmm. sort of like I was watching my old self on the street, walking those streets where everyone else, all these other adults were out doing things that in the past I would have been out doing, like getting dressed up and meeting friends at a bar, having dinner out or whatever. Like I had a really, you know, at times wonderful social life. And I saw my old self walking down that street and how simple and easy and different it was just being myself in the world. You know, like it was empty, completely empty and, but there, I had no, I, I just see the stark contrast between that state and where I am now where I have this amazing, amazing creature that um, I adore and I want to care for. It's a totally different thing being in, it's just, I mean, it, the words just sound so shallow when I say them in cliche, but, no, but the feeling I, of it is. It's really profound. It's really, really profound. Yeah. It's such a completely different way of being in the world. I mean, it's just, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and it is true. It's a lot more meaningful compared to everything else. And, and now what happens is that you are creating, you have, you're creating a new tribe of people to whom having children is a really, you know, transforming and transcending experience. Because and a big priority, yeah. No, exactly. absolutely. And I just, it, it's it, it's also more fragile and scary being this person with this little baby, like right. with a child, you know, no matter what age she is. Um, and I am creating this tribe, um, and I, it's so interesting thinking about the women who are friends of mine or people I've known who don't have children. And knowing their, like, what that's like versus what this is like is just, um, I don't know. I just don't have words for it exactly. I'm just, I'm just stepping into this, right? I'm just beginning to see and understand and experience what this is like. And it's right. scary. It's It's like, holy cow, I'm, not taking any of the risks I used to take, I've become really conservative. You know, I've become really protective and careful. And like I, before I had the baby, I thought, all right, in the first year, I'm going to go live in India for a couple of months. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to India for five or 10 years, you know? (laughs) Uh, that is so great. <laughs> yeah, but it, it totally makes sense. You know, and you now you may choose to go maybe to France or, you know, Italy. Right. Italy, but yeah. 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 Your, your choices are so different. Uh, not that you cannot travel, but you're going to choose very, very differently. Depending and I've on always you. loved the developing world. I just think the developing world is amazing. But for a young child, I don't think, like, maybe when she's 15 or something, we'll go. But um, I, there's just no way, you know. I loved being in Peru, I have to tell you. Even though there was, I was there during the almost coup of Fujimori and, you know, all these really scary demonstrations and terrorist attacks. And 
I love, I was so on fire there. I just, and I always thought, ah, oh, it'd be great, you know, to bring a child into not the dangerous part of that, but right, yeah, but just these other these other worlds that are totally different than America. So she understands the world and and where what part of it she lives in. But now I'm just like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what? The beautiful thing is that you're probably going to do that when she's at an age where her, both her body and her psyche can take it, so she really knows what it's like. Instead, so you're going to do it when she's in a place that she could absorb it and enjoy it, instead of putting her in danger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a big yeah. difference, you know. It's like, like you're yeah. not like because it makes no point. I mean, why would you travel with like a six month old or a year old? a dangerous place. I mean, it would not be easy for you or her. No, um, no, it would be stupid. It would not. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm so, I'm so much more fearful and more conservative and protective than I ever have known myself to be in the past. I'm a pretty big risk taker. Now I'm just clamping down on all of that and I'm like, absolutely not. Like I, I don't even want to go to the marathon today because of the, the risk of violence, you know? Like, I'm not going to put her in that situation. Right. Well, what happens is that things, you know, become more, like, I think that it is part of what this what we were talking earlier, that spiritually you're in a much better, in a much more open place, where you can also, you have also seen the, the amazing, um, amazingness of having a, this soul with you, you know, having this baby with you, but also the fragility of life. And, you know, she, at this point, is very fragile. Yeah, in the beginning of her life, she was so fragile, just seeing that, like, how fragile she was. And even now, so vulnerable. And, And myself, too, you know, like, seeing how vulnerable I am. And I'm much stronger than her, obviously, but, um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I really see that way more than I ever did. I had this total overconfidence. Before there was no, you know, you take risks and, well, especially when you're young and strong and everything, it feels like, you know, you're going to live forever and you, you wouldn't even consider <laughs> that something's going to happen to you. But now right. I think that vulnerability also comes from knowing that for you to protect her, you would have to expose yourself. Like, let's say something happens. You go under an altercation. You don't want anything to happen to her because you expose yourself. And, you know, it's just not a situation that you want to invite, which makes a lot of sense to me. Exactly. And I don't want to put myself at risk or put her at risk. I just don't want to. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a totally different person. I, I I think that's what it is. I'm freaking out at exactly this exactly what you put your finger on, that I'm more spiritually open. I, you know, I've been cracked open. Right, right. Emotionally and spiritually, and I have a whole new awareness of both sides of life and death. Exactly, which is, which is so much like what, you know, what life's about. Very much what life's about, that it's life, about life and death, so... You know, but you're talking to someone that I remember my husband would, like, crack up and make jokes to me because when Sophia was a newborn, she was so white. She was almost transparent. And this is, you know, her dad is Irish and Swedish. And both her, on her, on his side, both 
his mother and sister had melanoma, skin cancer. So I would go out with her with an umbrella. I bought myself a beautiful umbrella. (laughs) (laughs) And and so I know he would just make so many jokes, and I was like, do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. I'm like, I am protecting this baby. She is not having, you know. (laughs) And I remember that I was so freaked out because when they're very, very tiny, I did hear that it was not good for them to have, like, I I didn't want to... Even with a super healthy um, sun protector, um, right. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't use that. So I, that's where I went. I went with my umbrella all over the place. <laughs> and I just would walk with her with the umbrella. And it's like, I don't care. I didn't care. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's so funny. That is, I've yeah. thought about getting an umbrella for her, too. <laughs> I did. That's what I did. I just got myself a beautiful kind of like a parasol, and I just would walk yeah. around with that. Somebody had an issue, you know. <laughs> hey, I've seen plenty of Asian babies with those, like you know, like you know, masks, and I'm like, I don't grow as much nicer. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that is hilarious. Yeah. 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 Okay, lady. I think that where that really this was a really wonderful opening a lot of awareness and recognition. Yeah, it's uh, it's really yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for making that connection today. I hadn't I hadn't been thinking of it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um Yeah, and I love it when you write to me because I know that after these sometimes things come up, so let me know. Okay. <laughs> I will. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy it. It's gorgeous out. Yeah, it's incredible. I think we might go out again for a second time. Nice. Okay. All right. Take take care. To both of you. And to you as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.